Hello and welcome to the Rev It Up Podcast, helping entrepreneurs fill up their tanks, crank up the RPMs, and put the pedal to the metal until they cross that finish line. Hello, I'm Jess Tiffany. Ready, set, go. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. Super excited to have you here and uh, super excited to have an awesome guest, uh, Mary uh, McEwen Christie. And uh, she is a, uh, has a boutique agency uh, offering CMO services and um, very interested to hear about how that works. So uh, could you tell us a little bit about uh, your background and, um, and we'll start with that. Hi, of course. Yes, thanks for having me. So um, yes, I offer fractional CMO services, fractional chief marketing officer. A lot of people are new to that concept, so um, I'm happy to explain. They're more familiar with it in the fractional CFO space, chief financial officer. Um, marketing is, I think, a challenge for a lot of businesses because they have a hard time understanding how does it work, what's the value proposition, you know, what's the difference between that and sales. And ultimately, it just enables you to hire a very senior level uh, marketer with a wide variety of a ba- a background and experience uh, to come in and work with your business in the capacity of you know, executive management um, and offer that expertise for a fraction of the price, AKA fractional, um, because it's not full-time, it's part-time. It's usually 10 hours a week, 40 hours a month approximately. Um, and it can be structured all kinds of different ways, but somebody that, think about it like a captain that's steering the ship. And uh, oftentimes businesses just kind of get lost on, you know, what do we do next? We're stuck, we've hit a wall, or we're starting from scratch and we have to set up our systems. And really the best case scenario is you work with a CMO for about a year to get all the infrastructure and all the kinks worked out. And then that person um, either can opt to come on board if you want, if you enjoy that relationship and you both think that's, that's the best thing. And or oftentimes I help find replacements, you know, like a full time person to take over and can really help with that recruitment because I have the knowledge and the understanding of personalities, of the structures of the business, what all the challenges are, and really help vet that person on, a, hey, here's your best option. Um, where it saves the business as many, of course, is, you know, all of the benefits, et cetera, that go along with it. And oftentimes to find a senior level position um, like this, it takes a lot of time. And um, many cases, once that person comes on board, there may be personality issues, there may be cultural disconnects, it's where it's just not working out. Oftentimes some people in these positions can have a higher expectation. And I call it kind of like the ivory tower approach to things <laughs> where, you know, when they're working with smaller to mid cap businesses, that's really, you got to really roll your sleeves up and get in there. Mm-hmm. And so having a fractional kind of a thing, it's just basically like a temporary person um, who has that senior level experience to guide things along. Yeah. And so that's a, you know, I like how you kind of, you know, fill in the gap, I guess you'd say in the, in there. And um, I'm, I'm guessing for some companies, it's, it's better to bring in someone like you also just for, the fear, the just the fact that you can be implemented quickly and really get in there and get moving yeah. instead of spending like six, eight, to, you know, two years, whatever, finding the right person. Yeah. And um, 
It is interesting because when you're a consultant, you are much more motivated to provide results quickly. You know, you want to show your worth and um, you, you want to be relevant. You want to make sure that the business is spending where it needs to spend and that you're producing the results you want to produce and you're getting everybody on the right path. The key to success with this kind of a position, however, is making sure that there is also a very collaborative uh, sales relationship and um, structure to support it. Because I think we were mentioning offline that, you know, marketing's job, I call it, you know, I'm the hunter. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I'm supposed to be hunting down the prospects here, right? And handing them over to the salesperson with a qualified, really valuable qualified lead. And if the business isn't set up to do something with that, and it sits there, well, that's not my fault. And then I get judged because the sales may not be happening mm. or there may be a slower conversion or no conversions. They're walking away. So it's tough as a marketer to, to really come into an organization without that support knowing, Hey, I know if you build it, they will come. And if I structure the right campaigns and the right push and get those relationships going, then I'm going to produce results. But I really want to have confidence that the team I'm working with on the sales side is acting on them. I want them happy. I mean, my job as a marketer is to support sales. And I think oftentimes organizations, particularly higher level executives in these kind of roles, they get that we're supposed to, we're on the same team here. And if we can't work together and enjoy that, then what's the point? You know, it's, everything will be successful if everybody can get on the same page and drive towards that same goal. And um, it, what it winds up doing is unearthing oftentimes things like um, we didn't have an appropriate CRM to track. We don't have processes outlined to really walk them through the, the experience and get that relationship and communication going. You start kind of like landmine, 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 but, but a CMO can come in there and identify that really quickly because that's kind of our job is to be like, who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third, let's go, <laughs> you know, and then go and okay, so we're ready. It might, it might take a little while to be ready, but once we're ready, we go and our sales team is very happy because we produce results for them. And then you have to have the ability to be flexible and tweak things that may not be working that you expected to, you know, be really listening and being flexible and collaborative makes for a really successful relationship. So you're kind of like a marketing doctor a little bit when you first come in. Yeah, I would say that's a great analogy. You're, you are going in and understanding, you know, okay, what are we dealing with here? Where are the gaps? And it's got to be really transparent. You know, it's got to be very objective and just like, what about this? What about this? What about this? Okay. So let's talk about getting some of these things set up properly. Let's talk about a little bit of internal training and getting everybody on board on how we want this to go. We test it out a little bit. We work out some of the kinks and then we push. Mm. And it's very gratifying when you can work collaboratively with teams and work out some of those kinks because you'll find that oftentimes there are very strong points of frustration and angst and just general and happiness in their positions because it's constantly coming up. And when you get it out of the way, when you get all those barriers out of the way that oftentimes they're just really simple things. They're just like, this is amazing. You know, it's working, oh my God. And then they're happy because 
they're successful. You know, you, you're, you're trying to set people up for success. You're not trying to constantly throw wrenches in the works and barriers at them that they have to work around to, to do their job. Mm. And <laughs> I'm sorry, I can, I can hear my dad in my head. My parents came from sales. <laughs> so I hear him in my head all the time. And I'm like, you know, I'm just not cut out for the sales side of it, but I'm great at marketing. I'm great at, I mean, I saw what they did and how they worked in the difficulties that they had in, out, in, out in their work. And I want to, I want to fix it, you know, and I want to drive that. I want to drive the business. It's very exciting when you can get it working. It's really a cool thing to see. Do you see a lot of pushback when you walk in and the sales guy and the marketing guy is the same guy or gal? Um, I don't know that I'd say pushback. I think oftentimes um, the salesperson does get put into the marketing role and they think of themselves in marketing, but the truth is they've been put in a position where they're forced to do the marketing. They don't really have a choice. <laughs> Um, and they might be really good at some parts of it, but they don't have a concept or a clue about strategic planning, uh, planning in roadmap with a product line, really breaking down goals quarterly other than just the straight sales goal. You know, everything that they're doing is trying to immediately affect the bottom line. So they're too caught up in that to be able to step back to see big picture. And if you want to have a 40 to 60% growth, you have to figure out processes and phases to do that. You, you can't have just one campaign. You're probably going to have to run three different campaigns. And you have to have social and email. There's all these things that you've got to do in marketing. I call it like the wheel that drives the bus. Wheels on the bus go round and round, right? right? Because there's all these spokes on the wheel that have to get done to keep the wheel going. And if you break one, it's not going to run as well. So, um Sure, there's times where they're like, well, we're doing all of that. I said, okay, well, let's, let's dive into that. And then they realize that I'm an advocate for them. And any CMO that's a good CMO does this. And, you know, again, my job is to support you. So if this is working, great. What about this? What about this? What about this? What about this? Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay. Okay. You know, and then it's, then there's trust. Mm -hmm. So you have to, you have to establish trust and be really flexible and just say, well, let's try this and see how it works. Because in my experience, it works. <laughs> and what do we need to tweak? And then you test it again. And, and they, they gradually, they always come around, but I think it's partly just they've been put in a position where they've had to wear a lot of hats. Yeah. And then they see that it gives them more time to actually drive those numbers, which is better for them, especially when there's commission involved. So they're making more money. So then they were like, okay, I'm good. I'm, you know, you, you know, I, I know you're here to help me and it's worked. Yeah. So I, I, a lot of times I see uh, it's like just silly things like uh, technology not working together, like the, 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 the web capture on the, uh, you know, on the web form, whatever, doesn't link into the CRM or doesn't link into the email automation system or um, yep. how do you, how do you kind of sort all that mess out? So that's what I call kind of the doctor approach that you're, you were mentioning. Um, that is essential. And so if an organization is not willing to invest in the right tools, which there are some really great, super affordable tools out there that connect the dots, right? If you, you've got to do it. And I think part of the reason that it doesn't get done is because the powers that be, you know, they're busy working on a product development problem they don't want to deal with it 
Right. You know, they're just like, fix it, you know? Okay, well then it's going to require this. Well, so it's like, no, no, no. Like there is baseline functionality you guys need. <laughs> and if you do this, you know, it's an API and it's a connector and this is how much time it'll take. And it can either be free or it can cost you a whopping $14, $15 a month. I mean, we're, this is not right. rocket science, right? It is science, but it's not rocket science. Like just, this is what has to get done. I know how to get it fixed. Let's get it fixed. You know, within a couple of weeks, we'll be ready to rock and roll. Your sales team will be elated because they have a lead handed to them that's already in the system. We've already answered all the qualifying questions. Now it's just up to them. Oftentimes we've sent them a, you know, a message already. It's up to them to get that relationship going. Yeah. Let's get on the phone, et cetera. But it, it is, it's part of what I call the discovery stage where, you know, you start going through the questions with the, with the business about all of these different areas so that you can provide a high level picture here's the gaps, here's all the good stuff, you're fine over here, you just got to tweak it over here. Mm -hmm. Once that happens, then when we do the push, everything's going to flow along as it should. And we can get because I like I love being able to track, okay, we started at this date, we did a push, we had this many leads come in. This is how quickly they were addressed. There are now opportunities on deck. This is how long they've been sitting there. And I want that as like, some of them are really long sales cycles. You can't get around it, yeah. but you do everything that you can to really get it as tight as you can. And then you have an expectation of this is a realistic sales cycle or your numbers need to be reworked because your expectation wasn't in line with the reality of the market. Right. And that happens a lot. <laughs> they want They want pie in the sky. Well, I want it to be like this. Well, yeah, I know you want it to be like that, but the reality is, your product may have to go through several security audits or I don't know, like there's a million different factors on the other side that you can't control and that the salesperson can't control. It, he's, you know, reporting to an organization, that person, and he might have to get X, Y, and Z, you know, 14,000 documents filled out. It, it just might take a lot longer than the expectation was. And when that happens and you really have a better understanding of the customer on the other side, it helps management really established what's reasonable let's pretend that we did get all of these leads even if we work into the best of our ability if we get this speed that's amazing but we're probably going to get this speed so let's plan on the low ball you know like let's plan on the slow one and if things are faster than normal great but then you're safer and people aren't freaking out that you're not meeting numbers and you see that all the time with public publicly held corporations you do get a, a little bit scared when things aren't uh, numbers aren't looking right. So yeah, because their estimates aren't aren't based on reality; they're based on pie. So <laughs> I like I like pie too, but you know, you gotta you really have to look at it right and and not kind of bow to the pressure. Well, you know, this is a pressure we're getting. Well, okay, so the pressure is coming from somewhere. So let's open this can of worms and explain why that expectation is not going to work. So you got to be, if you cannot be flexible now, particularly in our environment right now, you're not going to make it. Mm. You're just not, you're, you're, if you're stuck and you're not willing to be nimble and readjust and look at things every month and be very honest with situations, it's, it's not going to be good. Yeah. How, how <laughs> is the, 
the uh, well, the, maybe the need I should say for um, a CMO um, impacted by all this um, virus stuff and things going around this, this year. It's interesting. I thought that it would quiet things down, but it's done the opposite. And I think that's in large part due to the fact that so many of these organizations have been fortunate that they haven't had to focus so much on digital marketing and they realized they really should have been because guess what? Everybody's working from home now, yes. you know, on the internet and um, getting in front of people now is much easier than it used to be because they are it's interesting. Um, the productivity rates are through the roof, even though people are dealing, I don't know how, I don't have kids. Um, I really just take my hats off to, to parents that are working from home with their kids and especially moms that are taking the brunt, you know, the, the bulk of it for education. I don't have, I don't know. I don't know how they do it, but somehow in between all of that, they're still carving out time to read their emails or do some research and look at some other, read some articles to further themselves. And so you have, it's like they're right here. They're, they're, they're an audience right in front of them. So industries are different, but um, I, you know, Q1 of next year is going to be bonkers for us, which is great. Um, the, um, the unfortunate thing is being able to say, yes, I'd love to help you, but I'm, I'm a little booked up. So we're going to have to figure out, you know, maybe I can't get as many hours in there or, you know, we can get other team members to jump in. But um, it, it's been fascinating to see that the businesses that really, they really want to stick around and, and they know they have something, a, a valid offering for a market, mm. they're finally fully embracing, okay, people, I'm sure their CMOs have been telling them this for a long time, or they've been putting off hiring somebody in marketing because they, they, you know, they're, they don't want the expense or it's a huge deal or whatever. Um, that's how this kind of a fractional program makes it a little bit easier for them. And there's quite, I mean, it's not a new thing. It's been around for a while. It just hasn't been embraced as I think intuitively as a fractional CFO. Hey everybody, Jess here. What if I could help your company find over a hundred thousand dollars in hidden revenue streams in less than an hour without spending an extra dime on advertising or marketing? Reach out to me at cardzap.thebumpcard.me. Check out the video on five steps to profit and also reach out and we can have a conversation. Thank you. Okay. What are some uh, indications that a person or company should look at hiring someone like you yourself? Well, the first thing is um, growth. You know, um, when you realize that number two sides of it, number one, if you do want to grow because you have opportunity, you need somebody to help steer that for you because everybody has to understand their bandwidth and they're limited, right? So, um, and things are slower now production wise, like it takes a little bit longer to get through things just because of decision cycles, et cetera. Uh, but the other side of that is if they are also getting hammered with tons of business and they can't handle it, that means that you've got to come up with a strategy to really drive it. And, you know, somebody ha being a CMO that can look at it and go, okay, yeah, you might be hammered right now, but in three months, you're not going to be. Mm -hmm. So we got to get, we got to rein this in and really map out a plan. Right. And, and you're going to need probably some biz dev help. And then maybe you need to beef up your, your sales teams as well. And again, there's all these really great fractional senior level sales organizations out there that can provide help to build out the organization. I mean, the whole concept of consulting and remote work is finally reaching the psyche of old school business. And they're seeing 
how well people are doing from, from a productivity level. And unfortunately, it's going to be a downer for commercial real estate because they're all bailing from their office space. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> That's what we're getting right now, Austin. Austin is just, yeah, it's amazing to see what's happening. That's yeah, yeah. It's it's a crazy market out there. I know I got some friends in real estate, and they're kind of saying the same thing, especially in the commercial space. Like just like you said, and, uh, yeah. I don't I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't they'll have to adjust rents or what they'll have to do to get more people. Yeah. So, yep. It's a definitely an interesting interesting time. Um, and what's what would you see maybe is like maybe the top two or three um, marketing uh, like tactical marketing things that you see out there that seem to be working really well for some of your clients? Um, definitely focusing more on relationship management mm. for one. And there's a variety of different ways you can do that. Um, but I think what's happened, there's been a lot of fluff stripped, stripped back to basics. And um, the more that they keep it simple and focus on truly getting their message in front of the right people. Also, um, LinkedIn uh, for business development has, has gained huge traction over the last few years. I'm fortunate enough to work with a group called Kuware that here's on, and is here in Austin that provides a fabulous business development service to assist these executives and sales team members on identifying targets doing the outreach, et cetera. I believe your group is doing offering the same similar kind yep. of a thing. And when you find people in groups who really know what they're doing, that is a huge help for those organizations, right? But again, you're ultimately talking about getting in front of the right people and getting that relationship going to create awareness. Um, social's been interesting because I think a lot of people are kind of turned off with social. Mm just particularly in an election year. So it's been interesting to see some of those shifts, right? And they, everybody's just on complete overload, right? It's been such a dramatic and difficult year for everyone that um, they tend to be going a little bit more old school. So you're seeing a lot more direct email communications. You're seeing a lot more picking up the phone, even though people aren't in their offices, they're getting their phones routed and they're taking on their personal. So now you have the personal cell phone and that was like unheard of a year ago yeah. that was not happening right so um and and also just the value of hey is this somebody or some group or some product that i really i, I that fills a need that solves a problem that is viable um i'm seeing a lot less fluff mm. put it that way and more uh, okay this is what we're offering this is how it how it can um, benefit you and um I do feel like I'm getting hammered. My inbox is getting hammered a little bit more than it used to, but I don't think they have a real option there, you know? So um, it'd be interesting to see a lot of these open rates, but I think the re readability in general is very high because people, this is, it's a captured audience that they're right there. And so if they don't technically open it, but they're still reading it, you know, the, I think the rule is seven to nine times you touch a person before they're gonna, you yeah. know, engage. It's happening, and and they're doing it all for the right reasons. <clears throat> awesome. Yeah, definitely. Yes, yeah, seven seven to ten uh, is what I hear too. Typically, uh, for most uh, most folks. And most life. businesses are shocked at that, but when you really break it down, and they realize, you know, this is why with social, oftentimes a lot of these industries I've worked with, you know, well, I don't like Facebook, and I don't like Twitter, and I'm like, yeah, I don't care. It's not about you. <laughs> 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 like. 
you know, I'm sorry, but what we're trying to do is get in front of people you are going after and they're on all of these. Yeah. So just get in front of them and see what happens. And then you can track what's happening. And they're always fascinated. I mean, oftentimes I make bets with them. I'm like, I can guarantee you that Facebook will be your number one referring site within 60 days. No, there's no way. Yep. And then I'm like, okay, who's buying lunch? Because here it is. And they're just like, what's going on? You know, so when you kind of see that light bulb go off and they understand the value of creating awareness in multiple different areas, yeah. then they're not resistant. And um, focusing on education and being objective, I think has gone a long way in this environment we're in, this crazy world we're in right now. Yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, uh, especially omni-channel is huge now because, you know, part of that seven to 10 is where they're seeing you and are you relevant and are you where they are, you know, you need, you need to be where the customer that you're serving is at. So yep. if they're on Facebook, you need to be on Facebook and, you know, and vice versa. So. And LinkedIn, same thing. Like, yeah. you know, they're, they're on LinkedIn and I've seen a ton of changes on LinkedIn, hmm. all kinds of stuff coming up that I had not ever seen before the pandemic. So people are definitely shifting and staying in it constantly and, tracking their their people better and we're seeing a much higher engagement rate because of it which is great i mean as long as we're keeping it in line with that environment and oftentimes um, a lot of the really great engagement stats we see are always positive posts um i posted the other day about it was a video about a beagle and a two-year-old little girl the little girl was dancing to some song that her mom had on and the beagle decided to play the piano and howl while she was dancing. And it just made my day. I mean, it, it reminded me of my little sister and I put it up there. I'm like, I know this is not business related, but I couldn't help it. This is just, it made my day. I mean, it was off the charts. People are just like, oh my God. And because you just kind of need a break from the, yeah, you know, we're kind of grinding right now. We're all in it. Right. And yeah, spreading positivity and even in the communications on email i'm noticing it's more casual how's it going how are you doing there they really are we are trying to focus more personally so that we're considerate and not just blasting right yeah absolutely well good and um I forgot to ask, usually I ask at the front of the beginning, but I forgot. Um, but where where does people find you, Mary? Uh, where's the best oh. place for them to connect with you? Oh, thank you. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn for sure. I have a very long name. I'm, I'm this crazy Irish Scott. MavenMarketingSolutions.com or Kuware.com, either one. You can find me there. Um, How do you spell yeah. Kuware? Because I think it's kind of fancy. Uh, no, it's just K-U-W-A-R-E, Kuware.com. And um, that's a great team. Avi's a great guy and very, very smart. And um, I'm happy to be affiliated with them. And then um, Maven is my boutique agency that I formed about 11 years ago. So either place or LinkedIn or, you know, I'm on, a, I'm on all the other social channels too. I'm very, I'm not, you know, I'm not hard to find. It's just the spelling is usually the, the issue. So. <laughs> all right. Did you, um, I mean, feel free to spell if you want, want since there's a podcast. <clears throat> Oh, it's fine. Maven Marketing Solutions will be the easiest. Yeah, M-A-V-E-N. Yeah. Perfect. People ask me all the time about that too. And I said, well, I have these crazy Jewish friends and I would listen to them speak Yiddish and they would say, what are you, Meshuggah? And all of these great, you know, words that they have and Maven means expert. And I was like, I love that. Let's do that. Yes. Because I am an expert. I know. Yeah. I love marketing. And so there you go. That's what it is. <laughs> 
Excellent. And um, as we kind of starting to wrap up here a little bit, but um, what's um, a couple maybe uh, tips you can give to people that are trying to, um, you know, um, you know, kind of get a little bit of extra oomph out there in their marketing and, you know, cause they're trying to get a little bit more revenue coming in, you know, kind of quickly. Is there a couple yep. uh, tips you could give that would really help uh, those people out? Sure. Um, for sure. Depending on if you're business to business or business con to consumer, obviously there's different pathways, but digital marketing is a huge value here. So I would definitely recommend um, establishing connections with organizations like yourself or Kuware or any others that they're more comfortable with. But uh, to talk about really leveraging LinkedIn, for sure, that's a huge one um, because you can target so well, you know, location, industry, title, blah, blah, blah. That's the first thing. And second thing is, um, you know, working smart. So making sure if you if you're on social, are you posting one by one or do you have a social media aggregator like Hootsuite's a great example? Um, social there's a bunch of them yep. I prefer you know like there's just keeping them simple simple tools that allow you to take a post and get it out there across the board quickly and and regularly you want to have a regular cadence mm -hmm. you want to regularly push to people and that goes for your email as well you know if it's a weekly email if it's a monthly um, but focus on relationships and find those tools that help you do it in an efficient manner. And then the last thing of course is, you know, get a CRM going and there's a, there's a bunch of them. I'm, you know, happy to share some tips on that. I've, I just want to see businesses be successful. And oftentimes CRMs are way too much and too expensive or they're too little and not doing the trick. And I finally have found a few that are really great and, and really solve problems quickly and easily. So you can get a sense of it. It isn't just about, you know, marketing is getting out there and creating awareness, but driving conversions, constantly bring them back to you so that they, they see you, they get to know you, and they're going to want to convert. And then just be aggressive, not aggressive, I would say more, just be bold and don't be shy. Call people and email them because eventually they're, they're either going to say, you know, go pound sand or, okay, you wore me down. Let's talk. <laughs> And nine times out of 10, it's okay. All right. Yes, I know who you are. Let's talk. Yeah. And then something will happen. And they say like the average salesperson reaches out one to three times. And it, of course it takes, you know, seven to 10 times to build trust. So you kind of. Yeah. And that's why I think marketing is so important to help offset that because they can physically do three or four times. But if you also have the marketing wheel. So if you have that cadence, right, where, okay, I'm going to reach out the first time and then I want you to reach out and then I'm going to reach out again, automate. And then I want you to, and then they, they start getting it and then they see how it works. And it's always, you know, Hey, if an email goes out, call within 24 hours. Mm. So don't send 500 emails, send chunks. So, because if you do call quickly after that outreach, you are top of mind. Oh yeah. I saw that email. Otherwise, if you let it go too long, they are like who, what, what are you talking about? Unless it's something funny like, you know, a two-year-old dancing to a howling beagle. They're going to remember you on that one. I'm just saying, like, you know, if you've got some fun stuff going on, they'll remember you. Yeah, you got to break it up a little bit and mix it up and make it fun. So, oh, awesome. Well, Mary, I really appreciate you being on today. Uh, awesome. Thank you for having me, Jeff. Yeah, thank you so much. <clears throat> and everybody listening, thank you again. We uh, just appreciate you so much. Uh, make sure you like, subscribe, share. Um, and of course, leave some reviews. Uh, thanks so much. And we will talk to you again soon, everybody.